1: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Folks, I don't know about you. I mean, I would assume if you're listening to me. One of the things I love doing, I I, I just love investigating and I love going back throughout history and reading about all of these individuals, these movements that were going on in our history. And you see people running around, you know, saying, oh my God, if we only knew our history, yet so many people don't realize how many things went on, how many events went on, how many of these type of characters like Saul Alinsky helped shape our history help actually shape our present and what is going on today. And we will dissect that and show you uh, what Alinsky did and how much of what he did is alive and well today. All right, let's continue here as we're just looking at the tail end of his life. This says, the life cycle of organizations. Alinsky was confronted with, quote, the tendency, end quote, of communities, he had helped organize to eventually quote join the establishment in return for their piece of the economic action end quote back of the yards quote now one of the most vociferously segregationist areas of chicago end quote being cited as a quote case in point end quote for alinsky this was only quote a challenge end quote it is a quote reoccurring pattern end quote quote prosperity makes cowards of us all. And the back of the yards is no exception. They've entered the nightfall of their success and their dreams of a better world have been replaced by nightmares of fear, fear of change, fear of losing their material goods, fear of blacks, end quote. All right? So you see what they're saying there, that eventually, even if you have success organizing, you end up joining the so-called establishment folks. You end up joining in with them Uh, because you've risen to the top. You are now the establishment. And this is what happens. I think this cycle that we're in right now, that we're seeing as I talk about the STEM graduates and the folks that are actually helping build the prison planet matrix. It's sort of, you can't beat them, you join them. But now there is this culture where I don't even see people trying to beat them because I don't see people understanding what is actually happening to the natural world and to humanity. goes on to say Alinsky explained that the lifespan of one of his organizations might be five years. After that, it was either absorbed into administering programs rather than building people power. Or died. That was something that just had to be accepted with the understanding that, quote, discrimination and deprivation does not automatically endow the have nots with any special qualities, end quote. And I know Mike Moore likes to use the have and the have-nots. Alinsky talked a lot about that. You'll see that in these interviews we'll review over the coming days. Goes on to say perhaps he would move back into the area to organize, quote, a new movement to overthrow the one I built 25 years ago, end quote. Did he not find this process of co optation discouraging quote no it's the eternal problem end quote all life is a quote relay race of revolutions end quote each bringing society quote a little closer to the ultimate goal of real personal and social freedom end quote i would argue with that though uh you will see as we untangle uh the hypocrisy and the contradictions of Saulinsky. Uh, I think you will start to see for yourself that the ideologies and the methodology that he instilled in his followers ends up naturally creating this cycle. But we don't get closer to real personal and social freedom; we actually get deeper and deeper into complete and total slavery. Goes on to say, but uh, but what were his quote so-called? end quote radical critics quote in fact saying end quote that when a community comes to him quote we're being shafted in every way end quote and ask for help he should say quote sorry if you get power and win then you'll become just like back of the yards materialistic and all that so just go on suffering it is better for your souls end quote Quote, it's kind of like a starving man coming up to you and begging you for a loaf of bread and you're telling him, quote, don't you realize that man doesn't live on bread alone, end quote. What a cop out. Revolutionary youth may have, quote, few illusions about the system, end quote, but in rules for radicals, Alinsky suggested, quote, they have plenty of illusions about the way to change our world, end quote. The, quote, liberal cliche about reconciliation of opposing forces end quote so often invoked in opposition to radical confrontation may be quote a load of crap end quote quote reconciliation means just one thing when one side gets enough power then the other side gets reconciled to it end quote but opposition to consensus politics does not mean opposition to compromise quote just the opposite In the world as it is, no victory is ever absolute. There is never nirvana. A society without compromise is totalitarian. And in the world as it is, the right things also invariably get done for the wrong reasons. End quote. And then we move on here, finally, in this section to organizing the middle class. And when we get back, I'll go over the 13 rules. But it says here, for Alinsky, the real limitation of his organizing experience was that it had not extended into the middle class majority. Christ, even if he would manage to organize all the exploited low-income groups, all the blacks chicanos puerto ricans poor whites and then through some kind of organizational miracle weld them all together into a viable coalition what would you have at the most optimistic estimate 55 million people by the end of this decade But by then, the total population will be over 225 million, of whom the overwhelming majority will be middle class. Pragmatically, the only hope for genuine minority progress is to seek out allies within the majority and to organize that majority itself as part of a national movement for change. All right, that's Alinsky. That's important. We're going to eventually come back to that, ladies and gentlemen. It goes on. The middle classes may be, quote, conditioned to look for the safe and easy way, afraid to rock the boat, end quote. But Alinsky believed, quote, they're beginning to realize the boat is sinking, end quote. And and, and this is very prevalent today, ladies and gentlemen. So the middle class, he was speaking of then, whether he's right or wrong or net positive or net negative, that we will decide in the end of this series. Is Some of the things he says are very true, are correct. And so, as you see with the case of Covenland, the high school theater production, and I venture to guess that Alinsky would have been on the side of people being jabbed and telling people to shut down their businesses just because I think in the end he was a political tool. You look at what happened. It was the middle class, right? that were conditioned to look for the safe and easy way, afraid to rock the boat. And those are the people that put on the mask, walked around on the dotted lines. I'm not talking about the ones that were truly afraid of COVID. Those people, you're not going to change them. That was in their DNA. But those that just went along, that just went along to get along, to go along, and to get in line, for their jab, right? So I think that's something that's very important to understand. Those are the worker bees I talk about that are helping build the prison planet system. They go along for the paycheck uh, because they're locked into this com- consumeristic, materialistic world. And uh, if I was talking about this four, five, six years ago, people would call me some kind of a communist. You're a communist. You're against capitalism. No, I just don't think that uh, wealth is necessarily about having three BMW payments, nine flat screen TVs and a forty eight hundred square foot uh, seven bedroom McMansion when you have no children. And then all of a sudden you've got to come up with fourteen thousand dollars a month just to be able to afford to cover your bills. I don't think that's wealth. I think that's locking yourself into slavery. Now, some of you may love that. This is what freedom is all about. If, if you're into the materialistic stuff, then, you know, hey, that's your thing. Um, some people are happy laying under a tree all day and reading a book. Some people, they want to go get the yacht. So you've got to do what is right for you. But I think there's been a lot of propaganda, brainwashing, mind control that's driven people towards this debt-based system in this materialistic world. And so... If I did it all over again uh, when I was younger, I would have just put my money away. I wouldn't have worried about getting the latest gadgets. I wouldn't have been uh, reinvesting so much in ideas I had to try to build bigger, better things. I would have just been putting that money away, got a homestead, and I'd be growing my own food right now at 41 and probably not have to uh, make very much income. All right, it goes on to say on a wide range, but but that's just me, folks. That's me. That's what I said. All of us have different goals, so we're all going to have different solutions. goes on to say on a wide range of issues, they feel, quote, more defeated and lost today than the poor do, end quote. They were, he's talking about the middle class, Alinsky insisted, quote, good organizational material, end quote, more amorphous than some barrio in Southern California, end quote, so that you're, so that quote, you're going to be organizing all across the country, end quote, but, quote, the rules are the same, end quote. In 1968, he secured a year's funding in Chicago from the Midas International Corporation to train white middle class suburban activists. As understood to corporate president Gordon Sherman, the proposition was that, quote, lack of organization in white neighborhoods can be as harmful to the total society as lack of organization in the black community. We all live in our own ghettos, end quote. Alinsky, however, never predicted exactly what form or direction middle-class organization would take. In Horowitz's sympathetic view, he was, quote, too empirical for that, end quote. He did suggest that, quote, the chance for organization for action on pollution, inflation, Vietnam, violence, race, taxes is all about us, end quote, making it clear that he envisaged organization based on a community of the interest rather than on the dubious neighborless, uh, neighborlessness of the suburb. All right, so he's going to organize them around uh, political ideas. In 1969, in Chicago, Olinsky and his IAF trainees helped initiate a citywide campaign against pollution. Later, to become the Citizens Action Program to stop the Crosstown, a billion-dollar expressway, Olinsky was not beyond believing. That such initiatives scaled up nationally could, quote, move on to the larger issues. Pollution in the Pentagon and Congress and the boardrooms of the mega corporations, end quote. Challenging, but the alternative, Alinsky warned, was for the, quote, impotence, end quote, of the middle classes to turn into, quote, political paranoia, end quote. This would make them, quote, ripe for the plucking by some guy on horseback promising a return to the vanished uh, verities of yesterday. And (laughs) was Alinsky, uh, was he predicting the rise of Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, to turn them and everyone into uh, political paranoia? Well, I, you know, I think the paranoia that we have, ladies and gentlemen, is is well founded now I would say so with the rise of central bank digital currency and everything else ladies and gentlemen when I get back I'm going to introduce you to the 13 rules folks because this is going to kind of be the basis for what we're going to dissect and discuss over the next few episodes until we get to the return of Wide Awake Jim who is going to introduce the Bank for International Settlements documents that he has spent I don't know probably a 100 Hours Reviewing. At this point I'm supposed to talk with him tomorrow And start to put this together in presentation form For you ladies and gentlemen Over at Payne.tv slash gold I'm talking hundreds of documents I said Jim I mean have you read them Oh I read them all Okay well let's figure out what's important Let's rank these things in order of importance All right, ladies and gentlemen I'm going to rank these 13 rules when we get back My name is Dustin Gold This is the Dustin Gold Standard You are listening to Payne.tv slash gold You're listening to The Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to Shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to TV slash gold. Now, folks, you can find this stuff if you're looking for it anywhere. Just look up the Rules for Radicals, 13 Rules, and you can find this. I'm over at fox.com because we're going to actually use this article tomorrow. Uh, and this is what did alinsky actually believe and so i'm going to go through these rules and then we'll put this all in context for you later but one of the things i just want to bring up before i read these to you and i try to get rid of the hiccups i have from drinking that water too quickly over the break is that um is that you're going to see in the documentaries that we review that alinsky Essentially, what he would do, as you saw by what we just covered, he would get hired to come in to a particular area. And he was like the chief community organizer. And he would organize the leaders, all right? And he would train the leaders, the people who wanted to be community organizers, those he convinced that they're going to fight for justice. And so everything i found so far in my life, my research back then, was that the organizers, I I, I never, I look at Alinsky, and again, and my opinions may change as we look at him through a new lens, but my opinions on Alinsky was he was basically this grifter criminal. And so he would be hired to come in and organize the community, and he would start picking out the people that he deemed to be leaders. And then he would train these leaders in these tactics, and then these leaders would go out and they would train the people in the community and they would have different district leaders, community leaders, and they would have it all the way down to just somebody they're having organized. But what I found and what I think we're going to see in the documentaries. And again, if I see something different now through this new lens, I will definitely point that out for you. I'm not always right. This is why I want to take another pass at this. It's been 10 years or longer, so I figure it's a good time to review this. Actually, 15 years, I think, uh, since I was introduced to Saul Alinsky in 2007. Not him, but his work. But the way I saw him is that he, he may have had one or two accomplices in each area he was working or not or not it might have just been him and he actually convinced the people he turned into leaders to believe in the principles that he was teaching them and the methodology he was teaching them and he would set them into motion but they actually served a larger purpose for alinsky that he was not very forthcoming with that he was attempting to create chaos to have society end up eating itself alive and one of the stories you're going to see him tell is talking about organizing people around say broken sidewalks and so the people would use his tactics they would get violent they demand new sidewalks and they would get the new sidewalks let's say they would win that battle And then as Alinsky would put it, they reached a plateau on a mountain and they cleared the fog. But when he points to them, look, there's another plateau. Now they have to move on to the next thing that they're trying to get. And what happens is that cycle continues and continues and continues. And so, is Alinsky continuing to make money off that? Is that part of the grift? Or is Alinsky getting something out of it that is emotional? He's setting into motion chaos and watching society begin to unravel and to eat itself alive. And so, he talks about some of this, uh, especially in the Playboy interview, that he wants to see hell on earth, because he grew up as a have-not, and therefore he wants to see to have suffer of course in another interview he talks about how his father was driven by money and they saw things differently so again he contradicts himself throughout his life as well much like howard scott the founder of technocracy incorporated so that's why i want to break this all back down again and see if alinsky was just some kind of a fraud although many of the methods he teaches could be utilized or could have been utilized uh, in yesteryear. I don't know about now. I mean, I guess if you're interested in running for local government or local town council, you know, the board head or something, you could use these in your political campaigns. Uh, I'm sure of it. But, uh, but I find it to be interesting because I think you're going to see he set into motion this ideological disease that is still prevalent today and i'm going to show the connections between what he did and the progressivism that we have been dissecting uh starting in the progressive era pre solinsky with eugenics and everything else but i think what we're seeing with technocracy and transhumanism there are Very progressive elements deep-rooted in those two overlapping ideologies. And so that's part of what I'm going to connect together for you guys and show you in the coming episodes. So let's look at this quickly. Rules for Radicals was Zelensky's last book, completed the year before his death, and it laid out his organizing philosophy in detail. Its centerpiece is a list of rules of, quote, power tactics, end quote, meant as basic guidelines for organizers and community activists. Number one, power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Number two, never go outside the experience of your people. Number three, wherever possible, go outside the experience of the enemy. Number four, make the enemy live up to their own book of rules. Number five, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. Number six, a good tactic is one that your people enjoy. Number seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Number eight, keep the pressure on. Number nine, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. Number 10, the major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. Number 11, if you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counterside. Number 12, the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Number 13, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Okay, so I did not interject there. I don't want to start adding analysis and commentary now. This is going to become the basis for a lot of what we're going to dissect and analyze over the coming episodes. So again, You could see uh, a lot of this kind of comes, they kind of reworked rules from Sun Tzu's Art of War. But I want you to remember these. Uh, I want you to look them up and read them for yourself, because it's very important. And I think what you're going to see is that a lot of this uh, stuff, a lot of these tactics have actually been used against us in a larger sense through sort of the personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loops I've talked about, uh, through the WWE wrestling that we watch, uh, a lot of these tactics have actually been used against us over the years. Uh, Let me read you this part before we go. It says, most of these are elaborated upon in more detail in the book, Rules for Radicals. For example, on number five, Alinsky notes, quote, it is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Also, it infuriates the opposition who then react to your advantage, end quote. And we're going to go a little bit into the book. Um, I have the book, but I believe I have a PDF version of the book as well that I'll be able to pull up on the screen here so we can read from it. Uh, We won't do that tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to go a little more into depth. I'm going to show you how I was introduced to Alinsky, where I was coming from when I first looked at him. I want you to see uh, how I saw him through my eyes when I started to research him. And then that's going to open us up to be able to start to look at the documentaries. And then we'll get into the book and we'll start getting into more details and we'll look more carefully at these rules. And we'll start to figure out what role Saul Linsky played in the bigger picture, uh, how he's affected the present that we live in today, and then how his tactics will probably help shape what we're seeing. In the future, and then I want to start to look at some connections between some of the folks that are leading the technocratic transhumanist movement, uh, what they may or may not have uh, learned from an Alinsky uh, Alinskyite—that's someone who followed Alinsky—you know—because a lot of these people ended up as professors and sort of indoctrinating a whole new generation of folks, and it's still going on to this day. Goes on to say Alinsky additionally lists eleven rules of quote means and ends end quote one. One's concern with the ethics of means and ends varies inversely with one's personal interest in the issue. Number two, the judgment of the ethics of means is dependent upon the political position of those sitting in judgment. Number three, in war, the end justifies almost any means. Number four, judgment must be made in the context of the times in which the action occurred and not from any other chronological vantage point. Number five, concern with ethics increases with the number of means available and vice versa. Number six, the less important the end to be desired, the more one can afford to engage in ethical evaluations of means. Number seven, the ethics of means and ends is that generally success or failure is a mighty determinant of ethics. Number eight, the morality of a means depends upon whether the means is being employed at a time of imminent defeat or imminent victory. Number nine, any effective means is automatically judged by the opposition as being unethical. Number 10, you do what you can with what you have and clothe it with moral garments. Number 11, goals must be phrased in terms like, quote, liberty, equality, fraternity, end quote, quote, of the common welfare, end quote, quote, pursuit of happiness, end quote, or quote, bread and peace, end quote. That's the final one there. Goals must be phrased in terms like liberty, equality, fraternity of the common welfare, pursuit of happiness, or bread and peace. And folks, that, that one right there really sums up the mind of Saul Linsky and how I see it today, right now. Again, he's teaching this to his followers who are going to go out there and train others. And so he's telling them right there that your goals must be phrased in general terms. And he's giving them the bumper sticker slogans that they are going to use when they go out there and organize people against the cause. The question is, was Saul Alinsky actually helping people organize for the purpose of trying to help them rise up against the man? Or was Alinsky a... Opportunist who was lining his own pockets, or maybe it wasn't about money for Saul Linsky, maybe it was about power, maybe it was about control, maybe it was about using the very people he claimed to be helping to achieve his own goals, which was to bring hell on earth. And if that is the case. If that's what we get to at the end of this series, proving what I saw Saul Alinsky as years ago when I first researched, studied, and analyzed him as someone who was using people, was using the worker bees to help usher in hell on earth, then Saul Alinsky is a perfect representation of the technocratic transhumanists that we see today, because they are using all of humanity to usher in hell, to enslave humanity, and to engineer the rest of humanity out of existence ladies and gentlemen i will be back tomorrow with episode 117 ladies and gentlemen thank you very much leave us a five-star review at apple podcast if you can we really appreciate that folks it helps drive us up the charts and we're doing great the last few days so we appreciate that feel free to join us for less than nine dollars a month at pain.tv slash gold or drop us a donation at donorbox.org slash dustin gold show if you're getting value out of this show whether it's entertainment or enlightenment or anything in between then please folks drop us just a little bit a little donation we would appreciate that very much thank you all very much have a wonderful evening merry christmas my name is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world Mm. built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.